Before the quake, it had been called Castle Mintural, but almost nobody outside of Mintural remembered that. Small events drown in large ones. Atlantis itself, an entire continent, had drowned in the tectonic event that sank this small peninsula. For seventy years, the seat of government had been at Biche, and that place was called Castle Mintural. Outsiders called this drowned place Nihilil's Castle, for its last lord, if they remembered at all. Three and a fraction stories of what had been the South Tower still stood above the waves. They bore a third name now, Lion's Attic. The sea was choppy today. Durily squinted against bright sunlight glinting off waves. Nothing of Nihil's castle showed beneath the froth. The lovely golden-haired woman ceased peering over the side of the boat. She lifted her eyes to watch the south tower come toward them. She murmured into Karskin's ear, And that's all that's left. Thone was out of earshot, busy lowering the sails, but he might glance back. The boy was not likely to have seen a lovelier woman in his life, and as far as Thone was concerned, his passengers were seeing this place for the first time. Karskin turned to look at Durley and was relieved. She looked interested, eager, even charmed. But she sounded shaken. It's all gone. Tapestries and banquet hall and bedrooms and the big ballroom. The gardens. All down there with the fishes. And not even myrrh people to enjoy them. That little knob of rock must have been Crown Hill. Oh, Karskin, I wish you could have seen it. She shuddered though her face still wore the mask of eager interest. Maybe the riding birds survived. Nihilil kept them on the roof. You couldn't have been more than ten? How can you remember so much? A shrug. After the Trovan invasion, after we had to get out, Mother talked incessantly about palace life. I think she got lost in the past. I don't blame her much, considering what the present was like. What she told me, and what I saw myself, it's all a little mixed up after so long. I saw the traveling eye, though. How'd that happen? Mother was there when a messenger passed it to the king. She snatched it out of his hand, playfully, you know, and admired it and showed it to me. Maybe she thought he'd give it to her. He got very angry and he was trying not to show it, and that was even more frightening. We left the palace the next day, twelve days before the quake. Karskin asked, What about the other? But warning pressure from her hand cut him off. Thone had finished rolling up the sail. As the boat thumped against the stone wall, he sprang upward onto what had been a balcony, and moored the bowline fast. A girl in her teens came from within the tower to fasten the stern line for him. She was big as Thone was big, not yet fat, but hefty, rounded of feature. Thone's sister, Karskin thought, a year or two older. Durley, seeing no easier way out of the boat, reached hands up to them. They heaved as she jumped. Karskin passed their luggage up and joined them, leaving the cargo for others to move. Thone made introductions. Sir Karskin? 
Lady Durley, this is Estrail, my sister. Estrail, they'll be our guests for a month. I'll have to tell father we bring red meat in trade. The girl said, Oh, very good. Father will love that. How was the trip? Well enough. Sometimes the spells for wind just don't do anything. Then there's no telling where you wind up. To Karskin and Durley, he said, We live on this floor. These outside stairs take you right up past us. You'll be staying on the floor above. The top floor is the restaurant. Durley asked, And the roof? It's flat, very convenient. We raise rabbits and poultry there. Thone didn't see the look that passed across Durley's face. Shall I show you to your rooms? And then I'll have to speak to father.